Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 22 of Sitting Courtside. Like always, my name is Dante. It's your boy Jerry D here with Deuce Deuce, man. Episode Deuce Deuce. Episode Deuce Deuce. Shout out Jimmy Butler, uh, Celtics. Uh, uh, it's a player that the Celtics fans uh, don't really like too much. That that has oh, hurt really? us in the past. Yeah, just a few, one, once or twice, once or twice. But, you know, we're still going to give him, we'll give him his love. We'll give him his flowers, his respect. <laughs> but me and Jerry are back to talk some NBA basketball. We have some some trades to go over. We have some trade targets to go over. We have some teams that have been dominating the league to talk about. We have a bunch of different things. But before we get into that, Jerry, how are you doing this morning? We're we're filming a little earlier than usual on a different day, so it's it's a, it's a little different than what we are used to. But how are you doing this morning? I'm just glad to get this thing going and like you know obviously if we miss it it feels like something in the week is incomplete so i'm mm, glad that yeah. we we're able to squeeze it in here and get it done but yeah i'm good overall though how are you man i'm good uh a little i'm shaking off the cobwebs a little bit a little tired this morning but you know we're we're here we're we're sitting courtside we're here to talk some basketball we have a good time i say we just jump right into it so yeah. as i mentioned we have a big trade to talk about that's because the Toronto Raptors have finally traded away Pascal Siakam. They sent him to the Indiana Pacers. They trade Pascal Siakam. And this was also a three-team deal. The Pelicans were involved here as well. So overall, the Pacers got Pascal Siakam in a second-round pick from the Pelicans. And then the Raptors, in return, got Bruce Brown, Kira Lewis from the Pelicans, um, Jordan Nuara, I believe his name is, um, from the Pacers, and then two first-round picks and a 2026 20, first-round pick from the Pacers. So, that finally happened uh, about a week or two ago. OG and Nobe got traded, and it was kind of writing on the wall that the Raptors were going to start selling guys. Um, this has kind of been a wait-and-see thing of what team was going to, you know, eventually, you know, come in and take Pascal off their hands. There was a lot of talk and debate about whether or not he was even going to get traded because there was no guarantee that he would resign with whatever team uh, traded for him. So there was, you know, some cold feet there from some teams, but the Pacers ultimately came in, traded for Siakam. Um, and I guess I just want to get your initial reactions. Um, do you think the Pacers pay too much? Do you think this was a fair trade? Um, just kind of, you know, what are you thinking? I think it's pretty fair. It seems like one of those deals where everything was a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, obviously the biggest... good at that, I guess. Yeah, it seems Sabonis and, and Halliburton. Now you get Siakam for pretty much draft capital and, you yeah. know, other young assets. So I think they really, they really did a solid job, especially since I think they run the second fastest pace in the NBA. Pascal mm-hmm. Siakam is top 10 in transition points especially Tyrese Halliburton, Pascal, and now you keep Miles Turner, who's on Pascal Siakam's I want to play with kind of list. So, Yeah, it, I saw that. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense for what they did and for what they gave up, especially since they're trying to push and tip the power scales in the Eastern Conference, which, by the way, yep. doesn't really phase like a Boston that's, or a Milwaukee. That's what I was going to ask you next, yeah, what you thought that was going to do for the rest of the, the rankings and stuff. I think now we can go ahead and pencil them in if you haven't already. Like they're etched in stone to be a playoff team. I, I think yeah, they could avoid that playing. Yeah, playing. I agree. Based they are. They're tied for six right now already. So yeah. they're already. Yeah, 
Now I could see them ascending upward. I, I still don't think they're necessarily better than a team like the Knicks, but maybe that pushes them past a Cleveland that pushes them past whatever other team might be wedged in the the log jam in the middle of the Eastern Conference. But yeah, the fit it's it's a hand in glove fit. You you get Tyrese Halliburton, a go to scorer, a guy that averages twenty plus points, and he's the only person on the team with an All NBA selection twice over. So it makes Very sense. True. You bring a star player over there to the organization, and hey, if you're the GMs and the coaches over there, you're hoping that him being here establishes a more redefined culture that Indiana Pacer basketball is here to stay and are relevant, and maybe they attract bigger names later. I don't know who wants to play in Indiana, but hey, it could be a fun basketball situation for maybe some random role players that are trying to find a better niche. So shout out to the Pacers. I think they did their thing there. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think I don't think this was like an overpay or anything like that. Um, they had a lot of picks to unload here, so obviously they took advantage of that. And you know their picks, like their pick in twenty twenty six, is a top four protected pick. So you know, there, there's condition, there's things tied to these picks. It's not like they're completely unprotected. All that stuff. Um, like one of them is the worst of like the Thunder Jazz Rocket picks or whatever, and it's not looking like it's going to be anything great. But my only I guess concern, and I don't know if the Pacers have the same concerns I am because they're the ones that pulled off this trade, is if Siakam will resign with them this offseason. Me, I think, with their willingness to give up those picks, whether that whether or not they're unprotected or not, makes me think that there is a strong belief in that organization that Siakam will resign. And also, That's like you, you already mentioned it. Um, I had it in the notes here where – Paslo Siakam had Miles Turner ranked as his second dream teammate behind Kevin Durant, which is uh, in- interesting. I don't know if Miles Turner has ever gotten that praise before. Shout out Miles Turner, no disrespect. There's a lot but, of good players in the league, and Miles Turner's number two. Hey, that's Siakam's dream, dream list, not mine. <laughs> not mine, but hey, uh, respect. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, I think this is a great fit because like you have uh, your star point guard, your your cornerstone in Tyrese Halliburton. And, and like you mentioned with the fast break and the pace and stuff like that, I think Pascal fits right in um, 29 years old. You know, he's right, you know, in his prime right now, you could say um, has experience, has won a championship. And I think Pascal Siakam and we've seen it like on the championship team, you know, he's a fantastic second option you know over the years in Toronto he's had to kind of be that number one option not that it was a failure or anything like that but we saw what he can be as both the one and two option you put him in that system next to Halbert he doesn't have to worry about taking the most shots or scoring the more points I think he can thrive Um, and I don't think the Pacers will get will creep up into that upper echelon but i do think that they can play around with like a four seed or something like that in the eastern conference this year they're yeah. only one game um so right now they're tied for the six seed with miami they're half a game behind new york and a one game behind cleveland only three behind philly but they're only one game behind cleveland for the four seed i think this trade is going to make them more competitive than they were before um they were a team that I would say teams should not want to face in the first round because this is a team that could take you to six, seven games and make your life miserable. Now this is a team that I think can go into the playoffs and maybe upset some teams. You don't know. You don't know how, how this will, you know, this will gel and fit, but I think this trade is what the Pacers need to do um, 
to kind of maybe get their foot in that door and can see if they can't, how far they can go. Um, Bruce Brown, now he's a Raptor. I think he'll get shipped off in a few weeks. I think the Raptors are just going to, you know, yeah. flip the guys and get as much as they can out of it. Um, but yeah, I like this trade for both sides because then you look at, um, and I have this pulled up, what the Raptors got from OG and Pascal over the last few weeks. You know, it's a pretty good return. They got quickly Barrett, Bruce Brown, three first round picks, a second round pick, Kira Lewis, Jordan, Bruce Brown, all these people, you know, they're they're doing okay for themselves for giving getting uh, rid of two of their best players. They're they're starting this rebuild. Not uh maybe rebuild isn't the right word, but like a retool. Um, retooling the franchise. Yeah, you a new look franchise. Uh, still competitive, but different. Um, yeah. I, I think both sides um I think both sides ended up uh, getting getting what they wanted out of this trade. You know, to kind of go back to what you said about Pascal's fit or what he was in Toronto after the championship run and Kawhi mm-hmm. leaves and Kyle Lowry leaves, he did become this this number one option. Kind of just got thrusted into it because, hey, yeah, who else right. is going to score the ball at a high rate? We need he had, No, he, he had to take the number one role. Yeah. And, you know, I think I even remember him saying a couple years back that, he had to find his niche, and it's not sure if it was something he was really comfortable with to actually take the keys to the franchise and, you know, drive the boat for a little while. So I think putting him with an established point guard already, at least a younger one that's probably already solidifying himself as, as a top five, top ten point guard to this yeah. point, yeah. where his game, Pascal's game, should actually take off because that's automatically the best playmaker that he's going to play with so far in his career. And like you mentioned, mm-hmm. he's entering his prime. So what yeah. better time like the president – the president, the president, <laughs> to get him Malcolm get Brogdon, him, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but just to get him paired up with a Tyrese Halliburton and a stretch five like Miles Turner, yeah, it really should be maybe for the rest of this half a season, whatever it is, that we see some eye popping numbers from Pascal. As for the Raptors, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and you got Buddy Heald and Aaron Neesmith in that lineup too. They got. They got some scores. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they keep those guys, though. I don't know if the Pacers are quite done. I can see them bunching some guys together to make a big upgrade. Um, but for now, for now, they have a, a steady, solid shooting lineup. I can see them getting rid of Buddy Heald, though. I think he's a guy yeah. that's kind of been on the outside. He's been dangled, just like how Pascal and OG has been dangled. In one he's, one foot has been out the door for like two years at this point, yeah. yeah. But as for the Raptors, though, again, like I just said, they – They've definitely been in the trade talks, the trade business, for the last two seasons, trying to figure out what compensation to get for OG and Anobi, especially. But now they ship him off and they get Pascal off. And Masayu Jerry's crying at the podium because yeah. these guys meant a lot to him. And, you know, yeah. I, I, that resonates with me. I feel that. You put in some time in the organization. They helped you win a, your first championship. I was going to say his country. first trip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, like, uh, you That's know, shout lot. out to yeah. them. I think the – the scheme that they have put they're putting together right now with the first year head coach. And then it's kind of his system, right? There, there's no real identity of the team now. That just yep. allows you to put everything around Scotty Barnes, who is, I guess, your face of the franchise for now. Then you have two de facto yep. faces in Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett. And hell, Grady Dick gets to play now that there's some space freed up in the rotation. So I yep. mean it's it's I they had something. Jacopoto, they have something. Yeah. They, they have, have some sort of form. They have some sort of platform formation. They got mm. something building there. They got something brewing. It's coming. Um, so I, I like it. I like it. I mean, for both sides, it gives the Pacers a chance to 
establish themselves over the next couple of years to figure mm-hmm. out, can we compete for an NBA title if we get more pieces around Tyrese and whoever else is going to be here? For the Raptors, maybe we target mid-tier draft picks wherever our record ends up, mm-hmm. that we could add more potential pieces, just like how we were talking about the Grizzlies last episode, how they could right. add more pieces to the draft to actually help them compete in their respective conference. So should be fun to watch. Yeah, should be fun. I think the Pacers will be a a team to follow for the rest of the year. Um, it, the it's funny with the Pacers because um, like on on sports betting sites and stuff, it's like a few times this year the record has been broken for like an over under in a game, and every time it's been the Pacers. It's like every game I look at the Pacers, it's like their over under is higher. They just put up so many points. Yeah, adding Siakam to the mix, I think it just. Their offense is going to be crazy. Their offense is going to be a very, very hard to stop. Their defense, hopefully, maybe their defense gets a little better with Siakam being thrown in. Adding Siakam is a two-way player. I mean, it should help. I I don't think it should get worse. We'll put it that way. I don't think it should get worse, but we could could be surprised. Also, I wanted to point out before we move on to the next topic, uh, speaking of OG, going back to him, uh, in his first 10 games with the Knicks, he has a plus uh, 173 plus minus, which is the highest for uh, the first 10 games with any team in NBA history. So Win-win. OG is, he's performing well there. The Knicks, their record showing as well. I'm pretty sure they only lost once or maybe just once since he's been there once or hey, twice. I, I um, told you, I told you Tom Thibodeau found his Luol Deng. He found his Luol Deng. Yes, he, he played did. him like Four straight games with 42 points. Yeah, four, he had like 43 and 44 back-to-back games. He, he got him. He loves him. Well, Tom Thibodeau found the missing piece. He found the missing piece. That's who they were missing. All right, moving on to the next topic. We'll talk about a team that might not be looking for that missing piece, um, at least yet. That is the Boston Celtics. Um, and the reason why we are talking about the Boston Celtics is because they are 20-0. and 0. At home, twenty and zero. Pretty sure um, at the time of this recording, yes, um, <laughs> I think they do. Yeah, they actually. Yeah, we should make that known because they Denver is in town tonight, so yes. uh, we we shall see what happens. So as of this, as of eleven oh nine a.m. <laughs> January nineteenth, <laughs> Eastern Time, the Celtics are undefeated at home. I think going back to last season, they've won the last twenty seven or twenty eight straight games, something something along those lines. Um, yes. But right now. We are uh, 41 games into the season, so perfect. Right, right down the middle, halfway through the season, the Celtics are 32 and nine. Uh, like I said, 20 no at home, 12 and nine away. The second most wins um, on the road behind, I believe, Minnesota. Um, number two in offensive rating, number two in defensive rating, number one in overall net rating. The the Celtics just they they put it together. They they know they have their identity. They figured it out. They here they are. Here they everything. are. Sit, sitting at the sitting at the top of the Eastern Conference. At just what people hoped this season, like how it was going to start off and all that stuff, is I, I think this is exactly what we were hoping for, and then some. Um, I guess my question to you, Jerry. I mean, I could go on obviously and talk about the Celtics and give my praise and stuff, but what do you like? Halfway through the season for them, forty-one games in. What are your, what are your overall thoughts on them? Like, is it is your stance still the same of like playoffs come around them in Milwaukee? Like, what, what do you think about Boston? Do you, you impressed? Are you super I mean, impressed? Under what, what's going through your head? 
they're they're exactly where I thought they would be. Now twenty and zero at home, like sure, maybe I can't that's, see that coming. Yeah, that's that's, that's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. That's a little crazy. That's kind of wild. The record though, I think, is like San Antonio Spurs and sometime in the twenty tens at thirty nine or something mm-hmm. crazy. So best of luck to y'all getting there to just imagine <laughs> yeah. only losing two home games. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. But keeping it to everything Boston related, yeah, it, it doesn't shock me where they're at or how well they're playing. After they got all these assets in the offseason, Chris Saps, Porzingis, Drew Holiday, yeah, you unloaded Marcus Smart, your heart and soul, but guess what? You got Jason Worth Tatum. It. Still got Jason Worth Martin. it. Right. Like, you, you, yeah. still, you got Chris Tapps, who's probably the perfect player for to play alongside JB and JT as a third option. And Drew Holiday could just be whatever the hell he wants. He doesn't yeah. have to put up 19 to 25 points a game. He could just come out, play some hard-nosed defense. Derek White comes in, does his thing. It's a, it's a good – I love the guard rotation. That's probably my favorite guard rotation in the league, honestly. Yeah, Pr- I mean, even, yeah, Pritchard has been decent. And, you know, he's yeah. been doing all right in his role too. Yeah. It's, it's not a shocker to see this team this good, especially in the regular season. I kind of expected them to just burst onto the scene and demolish teams, and that's exactly what they've done. We've seen them dismantle teams and just take them out the game by the end of the third quarter where the will is just out of the away yeah. team that comes into their building. And just being a real championship contender, I think you do need to establish that you don't want to come here to play. Mm-hmm. And they definitely – They know, love – like you want that. We love playing in Boston. Like we know we're in Boston. We're good. Yes. Like we got, yeah. we got the support. Hey, listen, like with any good team, you know, like you said, like people come to our building – we're resting guys by the third quarter. Yep. Last week we we were resting guys in the third quarter, but that's because we were playing like shit. You know what I mean? Like it's an it's an any given night type of type of sport. Um, but I I'm not. How can I say this? I'm not surprised by the Celtics' success, like being 32 and nine right now. But I will say I didn't, I didn't think that they would be as good as they are at this point in the season. I definitely thought that there was going to be some some bumps some things to figure out. There's a whole new coaching staff, really, besides Joe Missoula. Um, You lost some, you know, big chemistry pieces in the Marcus Smarts and the Robert Williams, who, you know, sucks that we had to get rid of those two guys, but neither of them are playing right now. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why we traded them. Um, and then Malcolm Brogdon, of course, who's doing well in Portland, I believe. Um, I didn't think it would take, I thought it would take a little bit longer for them to click and figure it out. Um, but man, am I happy that they figured it out early because it's just like, you know, I'm a guy that I watch every game, of course, and stuff like that. But it's like, now I watch these games, like knowing like, damn, like I'm watching, this is probably the best team that I've, I've probably been able to like watch since I truly got into basketball. No, 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 I'm not like, like, like the weight Celtics and stuff like that. It's like, obviously like legendary, but I'm saying like, that's when I started watching basketball. I was like. 2006 2007 but like now that i'm older and like as the years have gone by and i've you know i've seen the isaiah teams the Kyrie teams the teams of the last few years it's like now we have probably the most complete team that we've had since that 08 team um and it's like i know that this team they can do it they can really fucking do it it's (laughs) just now that and that makes me nervous is that they can do it because for me i these rep, these next 41 games don't mean anything to me. I just want them to stay healthy. I want them to just keep playing the way that they are. Like, obviously, chemistry doesn't become unraveled, whatever. 
Yeah. Keep on this pace and then get ready for the playoffs. Like right, like they I I've seen everything I've had to see. Just get to the playoffs. I just want to get to the Milwaukee matchup. I I just want I just want to get to that point. Hey, you know, um, you you mentioned you mentioned just that you were shocked how like quickly things came together. Mm-hmm. I I just think that it's not even really that much of a shocker. Primarily just because it's not like there was a bunch of new all stars. It, it wasn't like the Clippers, right? Were, right? Yeah, it's not like they just redid their entire roster yeah. and stuff. It wasn't I get a, it. a James Harden or trying to figure out a Russell Westbrook. It wasn't mm-hmm. KD Book and Beal. It wasn't anything that was too nothing super complicated. Right. Yeah. Right. Like Drew Holiday too was already this established veteran who's played with Giannis. AD, like two of those games, most dominant bigs. No ego, nothing like that. No, like it's you come in and same thing for Chris Tabs, who played with Luca all those years, who admitted on JJ Reddick's podcast, Old Men of the Three, there's your free plug in, JJ, that, (laughs) you know, I I was I was immature how he acted in that Dallas situation where he knew that Luca was the guy, but he still thought he had plenty to give and that he should have been more featured in the offense, albeit Mm -hmm. he is right. About his claims to that to that certain situation, yep. he knows that coming into this situation, hey, I'm a third option. Like maybe even some nights, maybe hey. even the fourth. There are nights I can be the number one if they need me to get going. If I'm really just hot from deep, or I got a mismatch, or whatever, I'm seven three. Mm-hmm. I can score whenever I want to. But he knows it's the Tatum and Brown show. Yeah. So and he just like you know laid That's right in, and yeah. he um. And, you know, sometimes, like, obviously, everyone wants to be the number one option. Everyone wants to take the most shots, score the more points, you know, take the last shot, whatever. But I'll tell you what, when you get to play alongside guys like Jason and Jalen and you can be the third option and not have to really worry too much about, like, you know, being doubled or nothing like that. I mean, if you're good enough, you take advantage of it. And he is. So he definitely is. And also, one thing, too, this was, um, I think it was last week. I forget which game it was after, um, but it was post-game. And uh, Chris Stapps, I believe, said that uh, made a comment that said Drew Holiday like sacrificed the most out of everyone. What I it was like talking about like the sacrifices the stars made, whatever. And he was just like, it's like you know, like I I appreciate that. Like I you know I am I making a sacrifice? Yeah. He goes, we all are. You know, Jason and Jalen, like those two guys can average thirty a night, but they understand that like they don't have to do that. Chris Stapps could be a number one somewhere, and he could be putting up his numbers. But you know, on nights he's like a third or fourth option. Derek White is going crazy. He goes, you know, me, like, you know, he's, I'm older and stuff like that. Like, I, you know, I'm not putting up as many points as I was in years past or whatever. But, you know, what I was asked to do in my previous locations is different than what I'm being asked now. Here, you know, he is like a fourth, fifth option. He doesn't need to put up a crazy amount of shots. His role is to be the vet, the leader, the defensive anchor. In Milwaukee, he was, you know, asked to score more and, like, be more part of their offense and stuff like that. So he's like, yeah, I'm sacrificing, but I'm not necessarily, like, I'm just doing what I'm told. And, like, that's fine. So I think it's really cool just seeing, like, how the players are mature enough to, like, accept, like, these, not even lesser roles. It's just sacrificing. Like, the Tatum, like, Tatum said, like, I won the individual awards. I've made the All-Stars and stuff. I just want to ring. It's like, these guys just want to put it together and win, which is what I think is what you need, the attitude that you need. Um, but again, now for me, we just got to get to April and May, and then we'll we'll see what happens. Oh, it's it's going to be a party, man. There's a – I think you got a good a good big three coming out the East right now between y'all, Milwaukee, and Philly. 
And then the fourth team, yeah. I think that's really, really dangerous that could creep up. Well, two teams is Miami and New York, yeah. which I think and then we teams- just talk, we just spend fifteen minutes talking about Indiana. Uh, yeah, it's See, but Indiana for me just still yes, they're gonna get better. But what, when I'm thinking about legitimate conference finals like matchups, mm-hmm. I have Indiana on the outside looking in as to where mm-hmm. New York, Miami, Philly, Boston, Milwaukee are five teams. I'm yeah. like, could make it. And obviously only two get to go. So right. it's right. it's going to be crazy to see how the seeding. Uh, playoffs are going to be fun this year. Not even just in the East, but in the West. There's going to be a lot of good matchups this year. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're, uh, we're looking forward to it. Speaking of bloodbath, there might be one in LA uh, coming uh, coming soon. Um, be- because <laughs> because LeBron James might be on his way out of LA now. There's not like it's really not much to go off of here. I'm saying I'm going off of a Brian Windhorst quote here. Um, he says, "I don't know what's going to happen with LeBron in 2025. I feel like LeBron is going to play next year, but I don't know if it's going to be for the Lakers." Jerry, as a LA fan. Lakers fan, what do you make of this? Like, is do you is there something you know that we don't? What what's is there is trouble brewing in L.A.? What's going on here? I mean, you know, it's really our season. Our season is is going exactly how it started last year before we moved on from Russell. It's Westbrook. same record and it's everything. Same exact record. Yeah, yeah. nineteen and twenty one situation. Oh, are they a playoff team? Oh, are they going to be able to get LeBron his fifth championship? Can they really keep? playing LeBron this many minutes. How come AD isn't stepping up and yada, yada, yada? Like, in terms of him actually leaving via free agency, I think that all depends on if Bronny decides to actually come out of the – come out into the draft. Sure. he decides to do Hey, it. apparently some teams have him on their draft boards. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yep. – personally, as, as a as a Laker fan, with bias included, it's, it's kind of – it's not really that surprising because I think it's something that we all expected. As soon mm-hmm. as he said, I really do want to play with my son. That way, you know. He kind of was um, giving you guys a heads up. He didn't want it to be a harsh, like, departure if yeah. that was the case. Yeah. And you know what? If, if that is the case, if, if there's anybody that has this type of speculation, it would be Brian Windhorse, who's covered LeBron. I was, uh, yeah. It's, that's what made Brian Windhorse relevant, with all due respect. He followed LeBron since he was in high school. Yeah, it followed him around. Hey, hey, and look where and look where he is now. It worked. He's one of the faces of ESPN. Like he, yep. he does, he does a great job. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm indifferent. I wouldn't. I, of course, I'd be upset. I mean, it's arguably the greatest player to ever lace him up, right? Yeah. And without LeBron, our championship hopes fly out the window. So now, do you think? So I guess the I guess I'll ask this question first. If if he were to leave, is this a bit, is this going to be like a, he's going to go where Bronny goes, or do you, are there teams in mind that you think that he has like a list of teams that he could go to, like championship contending team? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like he even admitted to it before this whole "I want to play with my son" thing came out that he he'd rather finish his career in L.A. Yeah. I mean, he has a home out there. He has several business ventures that are out there. Yeah. Obviously, like not too far away from Nike's headquarters out there and. In Oregon, it's everything's out west for him. I can't yeah. really see him going anywhere else unless Bronny is a part of the organization. Sure. Now, where's where's that going to be? Only God knows. Only time will tell as soon as we start getting a little closer to the draft, where the picks are going to la- land, who's going to have what. 
So, I mean, it should be interesting to see, but nah, he's not going anywhere unless Bronny's for sure is coming out and he's getting drafted by by the Hawks. Then you're going to see LeBron, then James Gang move over to Atlanta. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm looking, yeah, I'm looking at an article now. I'm trying to see, uh, Shams says, Barney James on the draft boards of multiple teams and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm trying to see if I can find where he's like ranked in the mock drafts. I can't. Yeah. He shouldn't be ranked high, but I can. And you know, the thing is though, it's, I think the team that does pick him up, hopefully they're not just picking, oh, we get LeBron too. Cause you're only going to have what, LeBron for like a year and some change. A year, right, yeah. I mean, I definitely can see a team doing that. <laughs> I can see a team reaching for Bronny it, just for the sake of that. I definitely can. It's got to be all It about might come team. down to who does it first. It might come down to who's just going to be the team that, that rips the Band-Aid off and goes, fuck it, let's see what we can do. And it, the thing is, though, like Bronny – Bronny's That sucks for Bronny. <laughs> that sucks yeah. for Bronny. I feel like that's like uh, – I'd feel, I'd feel shitty if I was him like, oh, People only going to draft me because my dad might come with me or something like that. But, you know, he does – I think there is potential for him to be a really good NBA player. I he agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. He's a good defender. Yeah. Like, I like Bronny's game. I think it's going to – He's got the best well. coach at home. Hey, He's hey. got the best coach. So this, this is exactly the situation Michael Jordan only wished he was in. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing that LeBron definitely yeah. has over MJ. His sons are already better at basketball than what his. Yeah, well, yeah. MJ. Michael Jordan's sons are dating his ex, his teammates' ex-wives. So, but hey, hey, that's not my business. That's not Michael Jordan will be his best man. <laughs> hey, all I know is Michael Jordan couldn't punch his way out of a wet paper bag with no. that situation. There's nothing no. he can do about that. No. Just gotta, gotta sit back. There. Just gotta sit back and let his son do his thing. Anyways, enough about his the kids. Michael Jordan's kids. Yes. Let's talk about Bronny. I mean, I it's, think, it's simple. I think it's simple. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. I, I do think that there will be teams that will reach on Bronny for the sake of getting LeBron. I don't think that's the right way of going about things, but I definitely, uh, I definitely think that there will be some shenanigans come draft time. That's for sure. You know what? If I'm Oklahoma City, reach for the stars, draft Bronny at whatever one of those abundance of picks you have. Bring LeBron James into town, and boom, you have one great year to win an NBA championship. Jerry, that may have been one of the best ideas we ever come up with on this show. <laughs> yeah, why wouldn't a team like the Thunder risk one of their picks to bring in LeBron for one year? Hey, worst case scenario, Bronny, Bronny doesn't pan out. But if, if, he, and does, if he does, but also. Not for nothing, you get one year of LeBron, like mentoring those younger players and stuff like that. That I feel like that's like worth a first round pick on its own. The value of that, Jerry might be onto something here. Hey, hey, if we start hearing tweets and reports that the Thunder are looking to draft Bronny in hopes of getting LeBron, just remember who you heard it here heard it from first, to Jerry. You're on fitting courtside, baby. We're a, we're a duo. We're a team. Whoa, <laughs> who? Shams Whoa, who? Shams who? Nah, sitting courtside. Jerry and Dante. <laughs> so the last topic we have here before we uh, sign off, we have the trade deadline approaching. Uh, about three weeks away. Um, and obviously we've seen some trades go through. Uh, the Knicks Raptors, the Raptors Pacers. The Raptors are very active right now in trade talks. Yeah. Um, 
But there are a lot of other teams, a lot of teams that are looking to make moves, that are looking to buy players, sell players, make upgrades, this and that, make uh, big moves, small moves, all that stuff. And there are a lot of players that have been thrown around in trade talks. Jerry, I'm just going to give a list of some of the guys that I've seen mentioned in trade rumors the last few days. And I just kind of want to go over these guys and see who you think is most likely to be traded. Um, all that stuff. You think that they will get traded, not all that. So, all right. So we have Zach Levine, DeJounte Murray, uh, Andrew Wiggins, Terry Rozier, Malcolm Brogdon, Colin Sexton, um, Lonzo Ball, who actually I've heard his contract might get tied into some trades if that that could be a possibility. Trey Young, I I I don't think that that's going to happen this deadline, but I there have been rumblings that Trey Young could be moved at some point. Bojan Bogdanovic, um, Bruce Brown, Quentin Grimes, Jeremy Grant, Derek Lively, the rookie um, in Dallas, has been getting some calls about him, and then Kyle Lowry. Um, also, I have on here uh, Duncan Robinson. But um, as of uh, this recording, uh, unfortunately for all the teams out there, Duncan Robinson is untouchable. Um, the Heat uh, refused to trade him, even though they wouldn't play him last year in the playoffs because he um, can't play defense, uh, but untouchable. So, sorry, guys. Can't can't trade for him. I'm not buying it. But yeah. <laughs> it's good. They're just trying to jack up the prices. Like, ah, oh, Duncan Robinson, no, we can't trade him. But for our first... For a first, maybe. Uh, <laughs> come on, Jerry. Come on. It's Duncan Robinson for Donovan Mitchell. Make it happen. Um, all right. So out of all these players, out of all these players that I mentioned, who do you think is most likely to get moved? Um, are there guys that I mentioned that you're like, ah, no way these guys are getting traded? Or, you know, what do you... I, I think there's going to be a whole lot of movement over the next few weeks. I think there are a lot of teams that are looking to make these smaller moves, like to get to that next level, maybe like a Pacers type of thing where they need that one, like get that one piece and make that extra push right. um, bench pieces, whatever, um, or just franchises looking to restart, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you think? It's all, all these names are, I think they all have a solid shot, maybe outside of Derek Lively. That's the one name. It's like That's, Dallas just got them. So that's another one. Um, I should have mentioned when I said his name. Uh, they've been taking calls, but they have been rejecting um, yeah. all of them. So, yeah. I think my mind jumps. I think the hottest name on this list, it automatically jumps to the biggest name probably in terms of offensive production in Zach Levine, since you know that is a 25 to 30 point score when he's healthy and able to play. But I'm going to go homegrown here. I'm going to stay with Charlotte's very own Terry Rozier. Mm-hmm. I think – that is a very underrated piece that somebody can He's have been on. Playing very well, he played very well when Lamelo was out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So around twenty-five points a game, eight assists. Like he was pretty much putting up what Lamelo was kind of averaging, minus the rebounds. So I mean, it's Terry Rozier. Reasonable, reasonable contract too. I think it's like yeah. twenty, twenty-five a year. Trade only for like another year or two. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I think that's somewhere, somewhere like Miami, like where Kyle Lowry maybe. Get swapped out to a three-team deal where you see Terry <laughs> land in Miami. Kyle Lowry for Terry Rozier, I throw up. Hey, hey, but you know what? What uh, is Charlotte really playing for? We're playing for assets. No, I know. Well, if they get a pick, if they get, a, if you get Kyle Lowry in a first-round pick, then yeah, that's, exactly. that makes sense. Yeah, we're playing for, sure. for draft assets. That mm-hmm. that is what Charlotte's in the market for, and I think everybody probably knows that. Like, mm-hmm. I hate to admit I mean, it, yeah. the team, 
we're not going to make the postseason. I don't. I think everybody probably knows that. So it's more so about getting young pieces or getting mm-hmm. draft capital to make it worth our while. So I think Terry Rozier might be might be one of the first names moved. There's already rumblings going mm-hmm. on. And man, Gordon Hayward both are yeah. Gordon Hayward on the market. Nah, right? that would make me sick to my stomach if I saw Terry Rozier in a Heat jersey. Oh, scary Terry. It's hey, been, we've come worked, so far. We've he works so out of Miami in the offseason. I know. I he already know. has who a home. Want to go, I mean, who fuck wouldn't want to go to Miami? You don't You don't have to pay tax or anything like that. You're in the warm weather. You're on the... Mm-hmm. Ah, it's stupid. And here I am up stuck in the fucking snow. In New England. It's fucking <laughs> what, what about for you, though? At all these names that you listed out, just what do you think? I mean, right now, it seems like Levine and DeJounte Murray. There's just so much, like, just smoke around them going. It seems like it's inevitable. Um, more so, like, where it's going to happen. And we've talked about Levine. Um, it's the same for DeJounte Murray. Yeah. I think he's going to get traded. It's just what team's going to trade for him. I saw the Knicks might put together a package. The Spurs might go after him. Um, the Lakers. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen a handful of teams that, you know, might be interested in bringing him in. And I think that he's a guy that could help out, you know, a lot of teams too. It's just going to come down to what Atlanta wants, who gives them the best return. Um, but I do, you know, I also believe that like guys like Malcolm Brogdon, Bogdanovich, yeah, of course. Bruce Brown, I think those guys are, it's kind of like an easy, like, yeah, a team's going to come in and trade a first or two for those guys. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen at the deadline, but I do think that this is something that we will, we will be talking about in the future. I do think Trey Young, he, I think at some point he might get put on the trade block. I can definitely see something happening. I, I maybe it's going to come down to him being unhappy or whatever. Um, I can see that him being a star, uh, a star that becomes available in the next few months. Um, not right now, um, because Atlanta. Where, where's Atlanta? They're they're the 10th seed, so they're in the plane right now. It's not like they're just like bottom of the barrel, but I, I think the way that that roster is looking, you're, you got rid of the John Collins, you got DeJounte Murray's out the door. You know, they have a lot of young guys that they're working with now. I know Troy Young is not old, but I can see them, you know, maybe shipping them off for a lot of draft capital or some young guys and doing that at some point. But I do think that that is a name that we'll have to keep an eye on at some point. Yeah, um, but know, yeah, the Spurs rumors for him are are real. I mean, after especially dude, this podcast. I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not the biggest Trey Young guy in the world. Like, I like a great offensive player and stuff like that. But like, I have my my you know whatever with him. Yeah, him and Wembenyama on the same team, bro. That would be fucking he, just he dirty. Even, he even mentioned on his podcast that Wemby has the potential to be the greatest of all time. So you know, that's a quick little plug in of like. I definitely wouldn't mind going to San Antonio to play with this dude. I mean, I mean, I hey. there's a few. I, I wouldn't shock me if there were a handful of players in the NBA that have the same mindset. Yeah, like love her, love him or hate him, Trey Young does make his teammates better. He's one of he the does. best offensive yes, players in sure. the league. Mm-hmm. Like thirty and ten, he's right up there with Halliburton in terms of like you know, yeah. multiple ten plus assist games. So I mean, it's Trey Young is a, definitely a superstar talent in this league. It's just he's just short, and he. Yeah, he <laughs> He's and, my he's got, and he's, he's my got hair. um, and he's got a lollipop stuck in your hair. The haircut. I'm not talking about that bird's nest today. <laughs> the bird's nest. 
poor Trey Young. <laughs> poor Trey. Yeah, but that's that is something that I think that we will be talking more about in the future. Um, but off of this list, I think Zach Levine, DeJounte Murray, um, easiest, easiest options. It would be interesting because I've seen the Knicks might make a trade, put like a package of like Grimes, Fournier, some picks, whatever, and trying to get DeJounte. That would be an interesting fit. I don't know if that would work. I don't know if that is a guy that they should go after. Um, When I saw that they were in the mix, I was like, oh, I don't know. I I don't know if that's the right fit, but I can definitely see a team. um, Maybe not the Lakers. Uh, What was the other team that I mentioned that that had their eyes on him? Um, uh, Why why can't I think of it? What was the team that I said? Um, What team was it? I can't think of it. Well, I, I like kind of. I can't. I, I I I blanked on that one. Um, but yeah, Dejounte Murray, he'll get moved to come down to the right package. You know, before before we do like move on here, names that I'm I am interested to see if they just suddenly pop up, especially because of the where the disarray of the franchise is just it's just getting mm-hmm. smacked up, up all along the West Coast. The Golden State Warriors, it's. It's a conversation that I think needs to happen of their big three actually splitting. I know they said we're committed to the core, but Wiggins is on this list, and that was their second yeah. best player in their 2022 run. <laughs> and now it's, he's just their worst player. It's like, yo, get the All hell out of here. Race. You know what? Take Kuminga. You know what? Take Draymond. Take Clay. I am interested mm. to see if they actually make a deal because Pascal was one of their names on their radar. Right. Well, mm-hmm. you let him he's walk. Gone. Yep. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very yeah, intrigued. Yeah, I've seen uh, – Nikola Vucevic, I saw that he's a name. Yes. Some they go after. Apparently, they might look at some bigs. Um, yeah, dude. Th- I, all, <laughs> I also saw someone said that they should trade Chris Paul for Ben Simmons. <laughs> they were like, neither team wins this trade, but neither team loses it either. It's just like the Warriors get more size and the Nets get like a, a veteran point guard or whatever. They're like, it, it doesn't like help either team, but it doesn't make them worse either. And I was just, we're at the point right now where that, those are the moves that the Warriors have to make. Like, come on. Um, the Warriors win the trade if Ben Simmons actually gets healthy in pants. That's true. Hey, me and you have talked about uh, Ben Simmons plenty of times. Everyone knows how we feel about Ben. But, yeah, I think the Warriors are definitely a team that should make moves um, because they're going nowhere. And guys could leave this offseason. And the dynasty's over. As we said last week, the title of last week's video, the dynasty is over. Um, but, all right, that's all we got for topics today, Jerry. Do you uh, – have anything else you want to throw in really quick before we sign off? I'm going to check, uh, double check, make sure nothing came out in the time of this recording. We didn't miss anything. No, not a bad idea. But uh, while you're doing that, yeah, of course, you know, you know, I love my parting shots. I love my parting shots. I just want to say that it is fantastic to watch, to be an NFL fan, to be watching what we've been watching over the past couple weekends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to highlight that there's multiple black quarterbacks that are, that are running the show for their respective franchises. C.J. Stroud, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Jordan Love. Yeah. Who beat the Dallas Cowboys. Jordan so, you know, Love. Some I'm love in Green Bay. There's some love in Green Bay. There, there's a yep. lot of love. There's there's love not only in Green Bay. There's love in Charlotte, North Carolina, man. I am proud of that <laughs> guy. So, you know, just, just want to shout out the NFL playoffs, man. Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens is still my pick to win the Super Bowl playing the 49ers. I'm with you on, with you on that one. I'm with, you gonna, on, I'm with you with the Ravens, yep. 
We're going to stay in that boat. I feel sorry for the Texans, man. You had a good run. You surprised some people. You won a playoff game. But it's time to go home, buddy. Love you, CJ. <laughs> stay in Texas. CJ is the future. CJ right. is the future. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, playoffs. We had a great wild card weekend already. Yes. Um, the, yeah. I, I was talking about this. The playoffs this year. I love – I love this year for football because so many team like unexpected teams like made it and stuff like that. We've seen a lot of like like the young, the rookies and stuff. Jordan loves the CJs. It's really nice seeing um seeing like new faces and also just seeing like the league is in good hands with these young quarterbacks and teams and stuff. Because Jordan Love and CJ put on shows. Yeah. Also, so hype I trade for Jordan Love and Dynasty this past year because that is definitely my franchise QB moving forward. For sure. Shout out to the Lions too, man. Detroit. Shout out to the up. Lions. What they're, up, they're, not my, they're not my pick to win it, but man, they are my favorite team, bro. I love the Lions. I loved it. I I I never met the man. I don't know if I ever will, but I'd run through a brick wall for Dan Campbell. Um yeah. and also also a shout out uh to Bill Belichick, uh twenty four years in New England. They it ran its course. Uh, it's gonna happen eventually. Hopefully you uh, find success wherever that is. Atlanta is looking good right now. Uh, that looks to be like where he's going to go. Um, wish you nothing but the best. Thanks for six rings. But, um, you know, now it's Gerard Mayo time, baby. Yes, sir. Now it's Gerard Mayo. I love that guy. I'm so happy that he's the head coach. I'm happy they kept it in organization, give him his flowers, um, his chance uh, to shine. So looking forward to uh, – because it can't be much worse. So I'm looking forward to what the Patriots do this off season, this season, but all right, that's it for football. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please make sure to like subscribe, all of that stuff. Check us out on our other platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. follow us on our personal socials is on the screen here. As you can see, make sure to watch the other clips on this channel, the other long form bits from this podcast episode, and also check out our shorts for game five videos. Do not worry. We still do those. They are just not, in the podcast full video and we will be back here next week for episode 23 of sitting courtside so make sure to like i said follow along subscribe all that stuff put on the notification bell so when next week's episode comes out you'll get to watch it right away so until next week peace out